whatever you were when we started, that's just that's just what you are. Like a mulligan. <laughs> sci-fi here uh this is gear buds podcast i'm henry that's dave hey we're getting better at that timing so you know we'll see how it turns out in the edit and this is episode 80 which is a crazy high number of episodes to have done of a podcast but here we are and we are very excited because we have on the phone with us today an excellent amazing wonderful guest miss deanna devore hi deanna hi hello Hello. Thank you so, so very much for joining us and, and hanging out and virtually doing this thing today. Deanna is an amazing songwriter and guitarist and producer and multifaceted musician. And uh, I, spoiler alert, may or may not have played in her backing band at some point <laughs> in the past. So we'll have to get into all that business. But before we do that, uh, let's just jump into the segments. Let's start with the Symphony of Corrections because that's what we do around here. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you, everyone, as always, for listening and joining us. And and the numbers keep going up, and that's super exciting and humbling and wonderful. And thank you for doing it and sharing it. Follow us, GearBuds Podcast on Instagram. Dave, I mean, doing doing the Facebook thing, man. And Just doing it. Congrats to you. I posted uh, a new video um, from the Black Market Droidsmith today. Uh, Dude, I've got I've got to give you a quick update. We we did change the name. Oh, it's just droids. It's just droid Smith. Ah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, shorten it a shorten it a couple. Minutes I like it. Back. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, please, no, please that's pray, good to know. Continue I, to praise me. I, I like may that. have I may have. You might want to edit the Facebook post then because I think I called you Black Market Droid Smith on there. But uh, I already did that. Ah, <laughs> nice, nice, perfect. Well, uh, congrats to you for putting that new single out with Mark, and uh, it sounds great, man. The production sounds awesome. Uh, you guys, Thanks, did man. you guys record that in your rehearsal space? Yeah, yeah, everything was done uh, at our over at the studio. I mean, of course, I did something, a couple things at home too, and then the drums were actually done by a former collaborator, Mr. Mike Horick, who we're gonna have to get on awesome. the show someday. He's just like one of the most slamming, amazing, ridiculous drummers in the world, and he and I have been have been chatting a lot lately. And he offered to throw some drums on it. So beautiful. Yeah, and then and then it was actually I I'll be honest, I had to I had to take a little bit of a step back from my ego on this one because even though you know. We wrote the song and everything. I went to mix it, and it just wasn't. It wasn't happening. It was not. I wasn't. It, I wasn't doing it justice. Also, by the time I was done recording all the different synths and stuff, there were like over fifty tracks, and I got pretty overwhelmed. <laughs> so I called in a, a big gun and got Dan Smart to mix it, and awesome. uh, he fucking knocked. He knocked it out of the park. Of course, it really yeah. dope. So yeah, that just came out a couple hours ago. I that guess. is up on our Facebook currently. So go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Ghosts and Babes, and it's very spooky, and we decided to make a Halloween song, and we did it in like four or five days. And the the guitars are ripping, dude. I mean, we talked about it the other day, I think, and and you were like, like, they're not that crazy. And I was like, they sound really good, man. Like, lots of guitars and lots of fun tones in there, so... Yeah, it was a a combination of live guitars and my Kemper. Mm. So, you know, the, the two the two worlds can they intermingle can and, be, and be wonderful things together. I love it. If I do say so myself. So, yeah, check that out. It's on the Facebook that Dave man- manages so adroitly. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google. I don't know. I look and there are like 50 other services that I didn't even realize we were on. And then I get these statistics from and just like, I don't know. So I'm not even going to bother trying cool. to name all these things anymore. They're out there. We're, we're wherever you like to listen to stuff. Yep. Uh, go to gearbudspodcast.com slash free stuff. I've been updating 
cool stuff that's going on uh, for free that you can download to use on your computer with music. Let's get into my favorite sub segment, bad fucking ideas. <laughs> uh, and this week, I don't really have anything to to share in terms of just people being mooks about COVID and not wearing masks and going to shows and whatever. Yeah. But I do have a couple things to complain about that I've been seeing on Craigslist. I love the Craigslist. Y'all sub, will indulge me. The sub sub segment of Craigslist ads. I love it, man. <laughs> so good. This is my favorite part of the show. To be honest, there are the, we we have we have been tangle, uh, creating a very tangled web of of sub segments lately, and I'm I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's some. There's some fan fiction out there that people are developing around all of this. But all right. So uh, this one, again, you know, this is an audio podcast, so I'm just going to have to explain the joke to you. But uh, this one I, I did include in our outline, so I know Dave can see it too. But um, the headline was Classic Fender Guitar. Again, this is a Craigslist post, yeah. right? Uh, the lead image is just it's a it's a cardboard box like a shipping box that we've all gotten a guitar shipped to us in with the big Squire logo. Right nice. So classic Fender. Classic Fender guitar. Fails to mention Squire, Squire in a box. That's awesome, man. I love so it. That was that was delightful. And I, I love how they uh, just they didn't even take it out of the box for the picture. It's just like <laughs> yeah, no idea what's in there. You have no clue. Which you know that would entice me to click on it, but probably not most people. I would assume. So. I did click on it, and it is. Uh, I think it was a classic vibe. So not shitting on a classic vibe. No. But no. It's just not a classic Fender guitar, people. You're not gonna, you're not gonna win that one. <laughs> um, you know, all right. Let me just bellyache about a couple other things I've been noticing lately. Uh, feel free to feel free to chime in if they if they do or don't bother you. Um, I I don't really like it when people try to do the group package deal thing on Craigslist. Mm. Like I just saw one that someone was trying to sell an an entire quote synth studio. Yeah, and it was you know like probably about a dozen or so pieces of middling. Pretty cool synths, but nothing like awesome or, or crazy in right. the mix. And it's and it's like it was you know three thousand dollars or right. something like that. Yeah, so like who's gonna seriously give you three thousand dollars for all of for that? Like when it's not like you're all, and it wasn't like it was cents. some bargain basement deal where you're getting a a crazy a crazy discount. It was just like normal going rates. Yeah, for like everything like in the package. they're pretty much itemized. But he just wants he's just too lazy to sell them individually. Yeah. I love it. So that, that classic, bothers man. me. What else bothers me? Ooh, when people will list, I've been seeing this, when people list in in a city that's not your own, but then also say that you won't deliver or ship. What are you, what's what's going on? Am I, hmm. are, am I supposed to drive to Milwaukee to get your old Gretsch? I don't well, think so. And buddy. that could be almost a whole other segment too, is people who list in Chicago, but they're like, I'm in Carbondale. And it's like, dude, no one's driving to Carbondale for your Squire guitar, man. I hate to tell you, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's Carbondale. Yeah, Carbondale. For those not in the state of Illinois, is like six or seven hours away. Yeah, from sorry. Chicago, I guess so. I failed to mention that we we do have listeners outside of Illinois. So I guess that one uh, we do. It was an inside. 50, 50 countries, in fact. Wow. So what's up, fifty We're countries the in the place. world? Don't get nervous. Uh, you know that's enough belly aching for now. But you know, the, I, I I just maybe I should just save some for next week because <laughs> you never know. If I, let's be honest, I'm gonna find something else to complain about. But I'll just save. It's, I like that it's just a going list, though, man. I mean, is it always a it. Craigslist thing that you're complaining about, or is it something different every week? Or every time it's usually Craigslist. I, there's just so much to complain about that people do in there, and and also because I'm just you know constantly on there flipping stuff and yeah, doing, paying attention. So I just I just keep note of things that bother me. All right. Well, that was that. Oh, there's a, we've got some new gear news, and this one's actually pretty exciting because yeah. Dave and I have a little bit of a backstory. So sure, just announced this week a new microphone, uh, the MV7 mic which is essentially uh, an sm7 which i happen to be speaking into currently and inside the sm7 they've 
included a preamp and also a USB output, and it's also a USB microphone. So you just have an SM7 as a USB microphone with a preamp built into it that you can just plug right into your computer and get a podcast in. Awesome. I, I love this thing. Um, but the reason we're excited is because we previously had sure. Uh, Mr. Soren Peterson from Sure right. on the show, and he brought this microphone over, and we got to like play around with it six months or so. I don't, honestly, again, yeah. time vortex. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was six months. I don't know. It was uh, at some point in the past we got to play around. with It this was pre-COVID for sure. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right, all we. Exactly. That's all we when, when we could like all handle objects in the same room together. Yeah, and sit two uh, feet apart. Times. Um, and the cool thing, you know, we couldn't talk about it on that episode, but after the episode, I remember he was so excited to show it to us and, and everything it could do. Yeah. And, um, I love the little readout on the side, too. You can get your levels right there without having to be plugged into uh, an interface. It's got a right? meter, dog. Yeah, meters, man. I, I love lights and flashing things. So for me, it's uh, <laughs> it also comes in silver or black, uh, I would add, so... Very cool. Oh, you know, I missed that. Good yep. good little good little ad there, bud. Yeah, I don't know if they have it in this article specifically, but I did see it for sale and you can choose your color. So I think that's kind of cool. Look, man, I mean anything to get people into podcasting, I couldn't think of a better time to release it than now, where more people are doing home recordings, podcasting, and it's sure. So you know you're gonna have a great, great product, man. So uh I I'm I'm excited for people who get to purchase one. Delightful. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's. I feel like we touched on a lot of stuff I wanted to get to in the symphony, but also just um, as always, if you haven't already, please visit saveourstages.com. Uh, it's vitally important for the health of the entertainment industry that we use the power and voices that we have. So um, saveourstages.com does a great job of sort of coalescing all that into a very actionable resource for all of us who care about these sorts of things. So saveourstages.com. Yeah. That's that. Drum roll, pre, pl- drum roll, please, for dude, my dude. favorite two words that I get to say every single week. Dave's Docs. Man, I, you know, the smile on my face is huge right now. I know you guys can't mm. see it. Um, I'm super excited. I've, I, you know, the, the past few weeks I've been doing good, good documentaries, but I feel like they've been a little sad because, like, some guy dies at the end of each one, you know, and that's always exactly. a bummer. Yeah. Um, I wanted to turn it around a little bit and I, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I, I think I was listening to another podcast and, and this band came to mind and um, I could only introduce them by saying, quote, it's the world's most advanced entertainment combined with the world's finest pizza. And I'm talking about rock of fire explosion. Do you guys know what? who rock of fire explosion is? Mm, Dude, what are you talking about? Dude, showbiz <laughs> pizza. Have you ever been to showbiz pizza? Oh, Oh, yes. That eventually became Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Showbiz Pizza. I used to go there when I was a kid. I'm totally dating myself. 38 years old. Hopefully some of our listeners are too. Um, But we used to go to Showbiz Pizza all the time. And if you've ever been, there's an animatronic band on the stage. They made, in 2010, they made a documentary about this band, about the history of it, the guys who started it. it. Dude, honestly, it's so interesting man like this I'm is so excited about this there's a what's whole, the name of the documentary the name of the documentary is called rock of fire explosion uh you can oh, google yes. it it's on youtube so anybody can watch it it's all up there it looks like it's all like footage from the 90s i think it was made in 2009 or 10 but you can tell they're slapping some serious 90s footage together for it mm. 80s 80s and 90s really um 1980s showbiz pizza came out you know it was the place where kids could go they had rides they had games they had pizza and even your parents could drink beer 
Um, you know, so it's Dude, fun. Did you did you write the ad copy for this? Like, what is going on? <laughs> no, here? I, I wrote. Some I, I want to go. I wrote some of this up while I was watching the documentary, which is I really yeah. wanted to sell you guys on this, Henry. I thought you'd be particularly uh, interested in this one, and I'm, I'm actually surprised that you haven't heard of them. Um, it's a fully. No, I I have now that you said okay. it, but I, you I didn't have know not the name. Documentary. Yeah, and right. I didn't yeah. know the name either. I mean, I saw this documentary years ago, and I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, what was the name? I had to Google like animatronic puppet band in showbiz pizza, you know, and then it came up. Um, dude, fully animatronics. I mean, you're talking old school, like, like, you know, uh, plastic, you know, faces with full, like customized costumes, all pure robotics. You're talking hydraulics. You've got welders involved. You've got, you know, um, you've got a band that recorded all the music originally. It's all original songs. They recorded it. About this music. Everything. It's, it's funky. It's country. I mean, a lot of it's like, you know, funky it's for country. Yeah, well, it's 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 all over the map, you guys. I mean, you're talking. It's for kids, you know. So they want it to be like, you know, Holy we can't shit. let them get bored. So it's not like uh, they don't have a style. I, I would say that the Rock of Fire Explosion definitely doesn't have a genre uh, per se. But um, it's made up of uh, a gorilla who plays organ. He's kind of the front man. You've got Beach Bear, who's the gu- who's the guitar strumming polar bear, and he actually his thing is like he speaks really wait, good whoa, English. Wait, 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 wait. The, the the polar bear is the guitarist. Yeah, the polar bear is the guitarist. Dude, my my spirit animal is a polar bear. Dude, you've got to watch this movie, man. I'm telling you. Holy shit. Um, he does play a Strat. It's not a Gibson, but but he actually has like this kind of made up Strat kind of thing that like it looks like it at one point it was a real guitar. Um, there's a drumming dog who actually plays on a real Ludwig kit. Like now, by meaning really play, they're you, not do, hitting. Don't you the, mean? Don't you mean Ludwag? Oh, that's hysterical. I love that, man. Yes, exactly. His name is Rock LaRue, and he's the drumming dog. Um, then you got Billy Bob, the southern grizzly bear who, who plays banjo. And he's got, a side, he's got a sidekick named Looney Bird who pops in and out, almost like an Oscar the Grouch style thing, where he pops in and out of the, uh, a tree stump that's right next to him. And he's drunk on gasohol, which is like oil cans Castle. of like moonshine dude i'm telling you this shit would never fly today man it's dude that's some so mad good. max shit it really is man it's like mad max meets like animatronic meets like disney world meets wow. music i love it man there's a couple more characters mitzi mozzarella she's a mouse she's a cheerleading <laughs> mouse she this sings lead female band vocals. lead female vocals and there's roll there's rolf the wolf who's a comedy side act who constantly interjects into the band's songs and they they go back and forth there's hilarity ensues man it's it's really it's really good wow. stuff, man. So Where the documentary, the pizza, the pizza is available whenever you want, and you don't have to watch the band. You can you can play games. You know you can you can play in the ball pit, but uh, the pizza's always there. The beer's always there for the for the parents, of course. Um, so is this where the twist comes and you, and you give us the sad part like you do every Dave's doc? No, I, I won't get into the sad part today because I'm just so excited about it. Oh, but there is a sad part. Well, okay. Showbiz Pizza obviously is no more and they got sold it to Chuck no, E. Cheese. Yeah. Um, well, the, the really interesting thing was, I don't know if you guys remember, this was a, I think this was like in 2008 or nine, but they came out, somebody bought um, who's in this documentary, he bought the whole, I guess you'd call it like the show. So you get all the animals, you get the backdrops, you get all the robotics. And he, he's like a robotics engineer and he's super nostalgic about this. He bought all this stuff and he set it up at home and then he did a video with it synced up with real music. Like he programmed it to real, not real music, but like, you know, current songs like Daft Punk or like Lady Gaga. Um, they did one to Hey There Delilah, which I thought was so fitting for a little, little, uh, little meta for us. Going yeah, on just over shout here. out to Sean O'Keefe over there. But um, yeah, it's uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold what? on. Do either of y'all know the band Captured by Robots? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No. 
I do. I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm having flashes of this because I've played with them. Captured by Robots. I don't know if it's still a band, but yeah. it was the couple times that I opened for them. Or actually, yeah, no, it must have been because it's when you hear, you'll understand why. They're a band that was. It was one dude who actually at the time, I, I think he was at U of I. Maybe when I was there, he was some engineering student or something. That's mm-hmm. this engineer that built a full robot band. Yes. <clears throat> that he played a like industrial brutal badass metal with yeah and they and and, and they, the premise is that these robots captured him right. as their slave there's a whole backstory like playing these songs with these robots and i never saw state, like in live did is they actually still, is did he still th- doing that or <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i don't know i'm not sure yeah. but and it, that was around the time that this came back too i'm sure he didn't get this idea from that but i'm wondering henry did they did the robots actually play the instruments like did they actually physically they did. that's that's the, the yeah, difference everything yeah. was all completely live that's like cool. the instruments had the guitars so built cool. in and whatever it was it was it was yeah super badass and i and again i think yeah it was twice that we played with them and neither time you would you would imagine that these things would just be going haywire and fucking right. breaking all the time and neither time that i saw it did it anything go wrong which that is had, just mind-boggling that had to have been quite a, like a logistical nightmare for that guy to like set up for each show like or was it were they big robots dude can you imagine the loaded and breakdown no oh yes these were giant metal creatures it's insane <laughs> it was crazy did he have like a semi-trailer that followed him around or what i mean that's, that's i don't awesome. you know i never talked to him i should have but uh, i think maybe he just stayed in character I, again oh, this so was like, it was just him probably, he was the only human yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, again, this is probably like almost 15 years ago. So I don't really remember much about anything. We got to track that guy I down, do that. man. We got to track that guy down and get him on the show for sure. Captured by robots. So cool. Um, so anyways, yeah. So, so I, I, I got it, dude. I got to say, if you guys haven't seen this, it's on YouTube. It's only an hour long. It's a short little documentary. Yeah. It's heartfelt. It's sweet. It really shows you the 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 passion that went into the building these characters and, and kind of maintaining them. And then the people who brought them back to life. And, you know, it, it shows a lot about... Um, the guy who kind of started it all, basically, you know, he had to give them away to Chuck E. Cheese because they're like, we're not going to buy them from you. But if you want to give them to us, we'll, you know, repurpose them and keep them alive. But we're not paying you a cent. So it was kind of mm-hmm. one of those things where he's like, well, I'm going to do that just to keep these things alive. So, yeah. you know, and I don't know. I haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese, you know, probably a good thing. I don't I don't know, like, where there even is a Chuck E. Cheese. But uh, I don't know if they do this anymore. I doubt they do because I, I think... I don't think kids are, you know, so attracted to like animatronic robots anymore these days. Giant scary robot musicians. Yeah, and they they do have a lot of life in their eyes, man. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into these <laughs> animatronics, dude. They're not just like it's not like oh the arms just move. It's like the eyebrows move, the eyeballs go back and forth. Like they're very very detailed. It's it's pretty gnarly. And the uh, the final thing I'll add is um, there's a band called Super Furry Animals that did all the yeah. music for the movie. Yeah, they did all the mu- all the music oh. for that movie. So if you like them, they kind of play like some really they play a really cool song at the end called "Hello Sunshine," um, and they sync it up to the band playing. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So man, I, I gotta say, check out Rock of Fire Explosion. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm gonna ask what your totally arbitrary, uh, based on nothing rating of the film is. Yeah, I thought about this pretty hard, man, and um, you know, I really it really tugged my heartstrings at the end. So I'm gonna say. I'm going to give it a, a nine out of 10 pizzas. And let me just tell you, Henry, and if I rate, toppings? if I rate something with pizza, it dude, it's 10 different pizzas, man. Like if I rate something oh. with pizzas, that's a big deal, dude. Cause I love pizza. So yeah, I will I'm say pizza today, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if it's the best pizza in the world over there at showbiz pizza. They did say it was the world's finest pizza, but uh, you know, I don't know if that's true. Um, but yeah, check it out. Please watch it. It is a must. What watch. is your what is your least favorite 
fast food pizza? Little Caesars. Okay. Totally fair and valid answer. Yeah. CeCe's is pretty bad, too. Deanna, do you have a least favorite? Uh, hmm. What do you consider fast food pizza? Which chains are those? My answer is Pizza Hut. Oh, oh really? Okay. I don't yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of Pizza Hut either. Although I haven't had it in I just, 10 years, probably. That's what I'm, yeah, that's, of all of those, like, I would avoid that one probably the most, <clears throat> uh, you know, of the, like, Papa John's, Domino's yeah. uh, of the world sort of things. But I also am a firm believer that no pizza is bad pizza inherently, so. Which, what's no your favorite pizza, like, actual pizza place in Chicago? My, my favorite actual pizza place in Chicago is called Milano's, <clears throat> and it's on the south side uh, near where I grew up, and it is quite wonderful. But um, I also really like Nick and Vito's. And uh, in terms of just like everyday sort of accessible stuff, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with Lumel Nadi's. It's pretty, pretty delightful. Yeah, agreed. I'm a, I'm a Lumel's guy. Probably it's kind of the place I like to take people who've never had, quote unquote, Chicago pizza. Um, we like, we like this bar called Sarpino's over here. That's uh, no, I'm sorry, it's uh, Salerno's. Actually, shout out to Salerno's. Um, <laughs> we like this like little known spot. No, called there's Sarpino's. Sarpino's is yeah. They're like yeah. Sarpino's is all. I think that's why it jumped in my head. But yeah, Salerno's is great. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, I like Peace. Oh yeah, oh, Peace, Peace is, is wonderful. Yeah, I feel like and, and co-owned by uh, um, why is his name uh, Cheap Trick Rick Rick Nielsen? Oh, that's right. Oh, is it? Huh. Yeah. Rock yeah, I mean, it definitely. Well, with whole, the whole COVID stuff, that's one of the places I miss going to is Peace. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a fun place. Pizza to go and to. beer. Good, good yeah, place. delicious beer. Great, great vibe. Open those big windows open. Yeah, it's a good. It's a great spot. Yeah. Well, we will be able to do that at some point soon. Um, but until then, I'm going to talk about, you know, so we changed the name of this segment last week. For a long time, it was called Riff Library, but for various reasons, I've changed it to, to Hank Hits. But, I, you know, I'll just, I just want to, like, part of me wants to call it Hank's Hits because of Dave's docs. Right. But I feel like Hank's it's a lot of is likes. just hard. It's hard to say. It, it is kind of. Yeah, I agree. So I kind of just like Hank Hits. Even just, though it doesn't make as much sense. Let's roll with Hank Hits. I could change mine to Dave Docs. I know. See, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> but you know, my mind, my mind prefers symmetry in such things. Uh, but I just can't. I can't force it anymore. It it's looks. Gotta be Hank Hits, it looks I good think. in writing. Hank Hits looks good. Yeah, I dig it. It gets to the. It gets to the. It gets to the point. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, what do you got for the shit? This week we're gonna talk about. So I want you know Halloween is well. This will be out a couple days after Halloween, but. Halloween is, is tomorrow, I believe, right? Oh, wow. I didn't and, even realize uh, that until in, I looked at the date. Right? <laughs> I know. And so to keep in the spooky theme, I wanted to, I, I wanted to talk about a sort of spooky record. Uh, and that record that we're going to talk about this week is, <clears throat> excuse me, called Grand Opening and Closing by Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, mm-hmm. which in itself obviously is just like a fucking ridiculous string of words. Uh, but Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, uh, this record, so uh, let me just say this is their first record, came out in 2001. They had three official full lengths. They came out like through the aughts, I guess. Um, they are from Oakland, California. Uh, now most of them are in another band called Free Salamander Exhibit. Uh, you might notice a theme between the two. Uh, and, and, and their genre I would describe as, if, if you're not familiar, as sort of like high concept art metal. And I know what cool. you're thinking, which is fuck that. But I promise it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, and in fact, like this is one again. This this the point of this segment is just my favorite records of all time that I'm going to talk about vinyl releases of. But anyways, this 
record is incredible it's um it's 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 all that stuff but also like there are songs and and interesting hooks and moments it's not just like noise like swans or something like that not Mm -hmm. to hate on swans um, but I would say it's somewhere in between that and like Stravinsky with this sort of like high concept classical thing and like Meshuga and Secret Chiefs three. It's wow. really, really cool. Um, the, their first performance, I did, you know, as, as I am want to do, I did a little bit of research before this and their first performance, uh, self-described was in 1999 and it was given to a single banana slug. It, it wasn't until the next day that they played for humans. Like, their live <laughs> shows are crazy. Like, wow. They, they've had puppet shows, these like pseudo-scientific presentations, performances of these really crazy art groups. So I got to see them once. Um, it was in 2000 and I don't know. Again, I am so bad at, at dates and times of things. I would guess maybe like 2003 and at, at the, uh, Double Door, which no longer exists, rest in peace. But um the whole time, the entire show. So I, I can't even describe what these people look like. They wear these crazy costumes and all have these like insane haircuts that you've never seen before. And they play homemade instruments like this. The one dude in the band makes all these crazy instruments that they use. One of them is called, let's see. Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, the slide piano log, which is piano strings uh, strung down this like seven foot giant log. Wow. It plays with two sticks and like one in the left hand is like how you sort of fret it. And then you like play it with the right stick it's wild shit that's pretty cool just crazy crazy stuff but playing ostensibly sort of you know art metal uh with it um but anyways uh when i saw them at the double door uh this was all going on but then in the middle of the stage was this contortionist person that it was suspended upside down the entire show, like the entire 75 minute set or something, they were suspended upside down, just like rotating in this giant metal cage the entire time. It really like blew my mind. It was crazy. One of the craziest shows I've ever seen. I love that. In fact, I believe Secret Chiefs 3 might have opened that now. I think about it. Um, but the re- this record is their first one and it has my favorite sort of like quote unquote songs on it, uh, including 1997, Sleep is Wrong, and Ambugaton. I've been rambling a lot about it. You should just go check it out. I'll throw it in the the Spotify playlist that we're compiling of all these hand kits. Ooh, I might have to update the name of that. It might still be called Riff Library. Um, but yeah, <laughs> check it out. Oh, and also I'll just say that the vinyl itself, I mean, they've, they've developed this huge giant mythology. So it's like this crazy story going on throughout it. And you can't really tell what's going on. It's this very sort of like spooky cursed seeming thing that you might like you found this necronomicon or book of the dead or something right. with all this like information i shouldn't have access to of all this weird stuff going on but it's just i don't know it's i i absolutely love this music and this band and the whole thing that they did and and i'm excited because for years it wasn't available on vinyl but then blood music um who's a small i believe finnish label mm-hmm. did a just incredible re-release of all three of their records which of course i had to buy a few years ago hell yeah um, so check it out i love bands Sleepy that like time, gorilla museum they put in that uh they put in that extra effort you know like they stay in character through the whole show i'm assuming and like completely you know yeah. wear like the crazy outfits and the crazy instruments i mean that kind of shit that goes a long way sometimes you know i dig it dude and and nils the sort of i mean they they had a few different singers including carlos she sang a lot of the songs and played oh i don't even remember what it's called this crazy instrument I thought I wrote it down and i did but it's the it's like a violin that has a, a trumpet horn coming out of it hmm. i don't even know it's wild stuff, but um, 
the sort of main dude, uh, he played for most of the set. I remember pl- he played a 12 string electric and I, that was the first time I'd ever seen someone just playing like a 12 string electric guitar in not, you know, the birds or something like that, just like <laughs> right. in like a crazy rock heavy context. Yeah. And, um, but it's and then great. recently saw Free Salamander exhibit again. They're like sort of newer band uh, at Bee Kitchen, maybe last year, and he was still doing the twelve string thing. And I was just oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that kind of inspired my twelve string build that is, has been in progress for like over a year now. I always like to ask when you bring up these bands because like a lot of the ones I've never heard of. How do you hear about a band like like that's this strange? Do you just have a friend that gets Dude. you into it or what? Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. So I was in this band and we were not a metal band at all, but our bass player was a metal dude and everyone called him Metal Keith. Um, also, he was also known as Sleeping Bag, one of my favorite nicknames of all time. But uh, <laughs> he he was the one who got me into them. He was super into all that just like weird, crazy art metal. He's the one that got me into Meshuga mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying to think of some of the other the crazy bands. Actually, in fact, like all the Mike Patton stuff, including Phantomos right. and, and Mr. Bungle and all that, he, he did that to me when I was like, 18 or 19 years old yeah he opened i I was already a metal dude but i was not i didn't know about neurosis and that kind of weird stuff uh and he definitely brought i mean he certainly likes some stuff that i think a lot of people would call butt metal as well Mm -hmm. uh, but uh definitely got me got me into the the artsier side of things shout out to sleeping bag man that's awesome sleeping bag yeah metal keith all right, that's been uh, that's been episode eighties. Geez, I'm still not over that number. Yeah, uh, segment of Hank hits, and it's time to stop talking so much about us, and time to turn the focus a little bit more on Deanna, who's been so patient and wonderful so far this entire time. Uh, where we where we get into just a little bit uh, with you to to break the ice a little bit in a segment we call a couple two tree randos, where I just ask you a couple two tree rando questions. <clears throat> so, if you could swap places with any band member of any band, past or present, living or dead, it doesn't matter, your skills or theirs, you just want to take this spot in this band, who would that be and why? Ooh, any band member or can it be like the main artist? <laughs> Does it have any, to be? Exactly. Yeah. No, you, you could be like, I want to be freaking Tori Amos. Like, I don't know, whoever whoever it is, like you're like, I want to be that person. Yeah, of course. Uh, That's tough. I feel like, since I'm, you know, put on the spot right now, and I don't have a lot of time to think about it, um, I'm really into uh, this British guy named Tom Mish. Have you guys heard of him? I have not. I don't think so. He's like a jazz guitarist, makes, but he's like he incorporates jazz guitar with, you know, he does his own production with beats. So his last album was actually pretty funky, but before that, it was more like down tempo R and B. Um, cool. But this new, his more, more recent stuff is like more upbeat, funky stuff. But he's an amazing guitarist. I love the way he plays and I love how he kind of incorporates the jazz guitar with um, more of the electronic beats. So I guess him. Heck yeah. <laughs> Got gotcha, gotta check that out. And that's super fitting knowing you being also an amazing guitarist and someone that likes funky and down tempo R&B. And, yeah, and I mean, he's so kind of like all, a bit of my influence for sure. For sure. So um, That's awesome. I've been told that... I have kind of his sort of guitar style. So I guess it's not super far off to say I want to be him because <laughs> I'm trying to be him anyway. But um, <laughs> Love it. but uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. There's Ooh, so many good people out week. in the UK. I, so many. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's where all of it's coming from these days. Yeah. Uh, th- Dave, I'm going to ask you the same one too because I thought, I thought this one up. Okay. And um, we haven't asked this one yet. Uh, Deanna, do you remember what the first? Do you remember the first time sort of noticing gear, like noticing 
someone's guitar or like a drum kit or a keyboard or something like do you have any sort of memory of that from childhood being like oh that's cool or or maybe like the first guitar that you sort of lusted over or something like that uh hmm dave i, I want you to, i want you to think about this yeah I, I am i am that's a tough one because it goes so far back yeah i mean I, I i i know for me for sure it was definitely I don't know if I could say that it was one specific, but it was probably Jimmy Page's double neck. Oh, like wow. The, yeah. I have like this very sort of like ingrained image stamped in my brain, like of that being the coolest thing in the world. From like, like that just, song like, remains that the same shape. or something like, do you remember like where you it saw it? It might've been, yeah, yeah. it might've been, it might've been a picture from that yeah. or like, I don't know. I just like, it, I just have this image in my head of being like seeing that as a kid and being like, that's like the coolest thing in the world. Fuck I yeah. want that. How old do you think you were at that point? That's so tough to say because my dad was such a Led Zeppelin fan that he gave me a copy of Led Zeppelin 2 when I was four years old. So, like, I, I don't know, but probably before I was playing guitar, it probably drove a lot of what made me have the desire to even, like, acquire one when I was 10 anyway. So I would guess, like, eight or nine or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if I was, like, fascinated by, some like, specific gear or just playing an instrument any instrument you know like it wasn't like a specific wow I really like the way that looks it was more like any instrument something that I was just like really excited about yeah nice just you you bang on a thing and it makes a noise come out of it that's different than the noise you put into it yeah or just you know any sort of I mean I feel like when I when I started before I played guitar I played this baritone ukulele because I was you know very small when I started but um so I was a little too small for a guitar at that point. But, you know, I loved that. It looked like, you know, a big ukulele, which I thought was really cool looking. Yeah, um, <laughs> super cool. So Dave's a uke boy himself, so we definitely... Uh, I do love sure some ukulele. Talk about ukes. I have not played a baritone, um, but I, have, I think it's a concert, like whatever the standard kind of one is. Um, Dave, do you remember your... Uh, yeah, do you, do you well, yeah. I, young young gear memories? I wish I had the same thing as Deanna where I was like, instantly attracted to me. I was terrified of instruments when I was young. Like they just, they intimidated me. I didn't know how to hold them or, you know, play them or anything. Um, Dude, I remember I, I'm thinking of a, a Frank Zappa song called, uh, my guitar wants to kill your mama. Yeah. Yeah. In that's fact. basically, you know, I thought that would be the, uh, the my guitar outcome. wants to kill your mama. <laughs> Look out for that documentary coming soon too, by the way. That's Hell gonna yeah. Be, um, yeah. It, so I had a buddy, I think I was about 12, 12 or 13 and he had a he had a white fender strat and i remember that was the first time and he he barely played it either like it was like one of those things where like his dad probably bought it for him and you know neither of us really played it but we would we would open it up and then he would be like that's the guitar that like Jimi hendrix uses and i was like okay and then so to me like the like when i think of like the word guitar i just see yeah. a, a white fender strat that's just like right. you know what i see um for all i know it could have been a squire or it could have been an american or it could have been vintage i really don't know um but at the time, yeah, I remember, I think that was the first time I ever like noticed a guitar. And I don't think I ever tried to pick it up or play it or anything. But I remember the first time I was ever like, oh, that, that is what a guitar, electric guitar looks like. You know, that's what it is. So I think that's, that's probably mine. Boom. Good one, man. Nice. All right. <clears throat> if you had a time machine, where and when would you go? And sub question, if you were to go into a place or time that had gear, what would you buy? Uh, these are hard questions. <laughs> Take your time. We can uh, we can edit um, out the discs. Yeah, that's the, it's the magic. Of, it's the magic of the edit. No, this has to stay. Can 
can part of the answer be to to skip the where we are now in terms of time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get a that, time that's machine. a common one. That's actually. my that's my answer actually. <laughs> yeah, um, to just fast forward ahead, or or I guess go back. Um, let's let's say fast forward ahead because you know look towards the future instead of <laughs> the past. But uh, I appreciate the hopeful nature of that because <laughs> it implies that there will be an after this. <laughs> there will be which a I future. Think can be can be a hard thing to accept sometimes. This too shall pass. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to go with that. As far as the gear question, what was what was the gear thing again? Just like what gear would you buy? So if this was fast forward to the future. Yeah. That's that's the tricky part about the question, I think. If you go to yeah. the future, what exists? Yeah, because what, if, make, what make if something, something yeah, we, we don't know what's going to, what if there's I some know. new gear in the future that we don't know that's about? That's right. <clears throat> um, I would get, I would get the, uh, eventually, because we're moving in the direction that there are these smart plugins that you can use that will sort of like, like Oak Sound Soothe that will just like kind of mix your vocal a little bit for you or there's these sort of like smart uh, mastering applications I want because I struggle the most with mixing I want to get whenever we get good enough at an auto mixing software so when I go to the future I want to go far enough in the future that I can buy the auto mixing Dude, software I love and then that. bring, it, really and then bring it back like some AI in your mixing and it just kind of knows I could I could use yeah. that at least for a starting. I'm surprised they don't have something like that already. You know where it. They do have some things like I was saying. There are some sort of there are some plugins that do that, but not mm-hmm. to the extent where it's literally just like better than or as good as you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave Pensado or something like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I would buy the Pensado plugin. The that's Pensado just version. Yeah. His brain AI <laughs> uh, to to mix my records for me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you really need to be playing instruments anymore. Like they have so many things now that. Like I have a songwriting student who apparently there's a website where you plug in chords and it and it generates a melody for you. Yeah, oh, totally. Cool. So yeah. you don't need to you don't need to write, you don't need to play. Who needs harmony training? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, there's so something if, about that where if you get stuck, it's nice to have a, a tool like that. But I don't think you should use it all the time. Obviously, right. as like a as like your basis yeah, for and, writing. And it's also, I mean, like let's be, okay. So sleepy time gorilla museum couldn't use a tool like that. Like yes. if you want to listen to pop music, then you can use a pop music generator, oh, but yeah. there isn't like niche, you know, black metal genre, genre generator, or, or maybe there is, and I'm just totally ignorant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. But, I don't know. And, and that, that will be, get there. That would be I think, I think cool we'll probably get there. There's all different we will genres. Get there, I'm sure you plug it in and I want a EDM. Right. Sort of so, because I mean, if you think about it, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, all right, well, EDM, I know it's always going to be like a, I don't know, two, five, six, one or some like common progression. And it's always going to be in this sort of range of BPM and range of whatever. So, like, you ha- you can make some sort of smart guesses. What I'm doing right now is developing this application for the three of us to get rich on, is what's happening. <laughs> okay. Right I'm now. in. So, just let me know how much I got to throw right. down and I'm in. Man. There you go. All right. Uh, I'll have you to, de- I'll have you design our logo. Perfect. All right. Uh, so this next one is actually from our last guest, uh, Ryan Deffitt, who if you have not listened to that episode yet, please go back and do so because it was such just a wonderful, warm, charming conversation. Um, <clears throat> but his question for you that he would like to know is what would be your perfect sandwich? <laughs> hmm. I know. Do it, I always it, have to go first oyster. or do you... <laughs> No, well, yeah. this one we this this, I mean, this is all about that? you, my friend. Yeah, this, yeah, this is, is this is, this is your you. you're up here. Putting so you on the like, spot. We, I want to hear from you. I could tell you, I could I could tell you like some things I like on my sandwiches for sure. I'll definitely talk. I'll I'll get us all real hungry. Yeah, I haven't eaten yet. Yeah, maybe. Um, let's hear yours while I think about mine. 
Hmm, okay, so let's think here. <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer that every 99% of sandwiches are better hot. So I would, I would at, le- at the very least, toast my bread. Um, I've been a big fan of wheat lately, but I'd probably go with, I mean, if we're talking about the perfect sandwich, I'd probably go with some sort of like, just like beautiful, fresh out of the oven sourdough. Mm. Um, maybe a little butter on there. I'm a bit, I am a fan of mayo. I know may- mayonnaise can be a pretty divisive condiment i love some but i i happen to be a fan deeply so i would definitely get some nice mayo on there been a big fan of dukes lately i've strayed from hellman's um so <laughs> check oh, that out if you I haven't, haven't tried had in the past yeah. sounds good it's pretty delicious it's maybe like 50 cents more expensive uh worth it every penny um i you know i'm a i'm a, I'm a meaty meaty person so i i generally speaking tend to go for the italian sub uh, i'm also an italian background person so i usually get like an italian array of meats mm-hmm. a little like salami mortadella capicola that kind of thing maybe uh some prosciutto love that on there get that nice saltiness um i am lactose intolerant so unfortunately i'm gonna skip the cheese um big fan of tomatoes so like some thinly sliced tomatoes maybe a little cucumber maybe a little spinach i'm a big fan of spinach as a green um and then just like a you know little salt and uh, salt and pepper on there ours aren't very far away man mine's definitely uh the like the hot italian sub from bari it's probably one of my favorite sandwiches i've ever had i basically described the hot italian sub from bari yeah and i (laughs) I would put just with everything and you know put those hot peppers on it the hot jardinier you know, yep. let's do it, man. Mm, let's do it. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, I got to always have um, a jar of Jardinier. So, yeah, please. I think I'm going to go with a breakfast sandwich right now. Ooh. Um, from downtown. I like it. Uh, so, let's see. So, egg, obviously. Well, I guess yes. not obviously, but usually for a breakfast sandwich. I think uh, it has to have egg. <laughs> avocado. Um, tomato. Let's go. I've been liking manchego cheese lately. Nice, solid call. Uh, let's say everything bagel, toasted, and uh, I put hot sauce on like everything. So hot sauce for sure. What's your? Do you yeah. have a go-to hot sauce? What brand or so I have, style? I have various ones in my fridge. Um, I have this really good Jamaican one, with ghost peppers, really hot. Oh wow! Uh, it's like bright orange. <laughs> um, but no, I probably wouldn't put that on my breakfast sandwich. I probably would put. Uh, I would like a Mexican hot sauce, like Valent—is it Valentina? Is that what it's called? Yeah, totally. Isn't that like uh, it's like a redder, reddish yeah. sauce with like a black label, I think. Yeah, or Cholula or something like that. Oh, Cholula, Cholula is my number one. Yeah, that's it's just—it's not hot. It's not really hot. It's just like flavor. Delicious. Yeah, good yeah. flavor. Yeah. So love. I think. Wait, did you say what kind of bread? Uh, everything bagel. Everything. Oh bagel. yes, beautiful. Oh yeah. Agreed. Okay. Last question for couple two tree. What question should we ask our next guest? And you don't get to know anything about who they are or what they do other than the fact that they're also somewhere in the music world. Got me thinking about food. Now I can't, I keep on thinking of food. I know I'm (laughs) I'm actually like kind of like, all right, I hope this next question isn't about food. So I don't have to get hungry next week when I, I mean, yours was about a sandwich. So obviously you can be about music or you can be about food or anything, Anything, anything literally anything you want to ask. People have taken this funny direction. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> it has been interesting. I might stay with food. Um, <laughs> Do it. All right. What about uh, your dessert? Dessert of choice. <sighs> Torturing us for next week. All right, Dave, what do you got? <laughs> I want to hear it. Dave, what's your, if you could only have one Wow. Uh, and I'm not talking like candy or something like that. No, it's got to be that's like not dessert. a dessert. No, like a, like a, yeah. Oh man. Uh, that you really put me on the spot right now, buddy. Um, 
And now you know how Deanna feels. I know. <laughs> and you know, yeah, it's funny. We get to read these questions before this thing starts. Um, I'm honestly the first thing that came to mind. I know it's it's it's, it's just all American. I'm gonna go hot apple pie with a with a, with some uh, vanilla ice cream on the side, man, mm. and just uh, a la mode. Yeah, a la mode all day. Yep. Give me give me a slice of that. Please. And this is like homemade. Is, uh, this is homemade apple. Oh pie, right? yeah, like the yeah, ho- the okay. most homemade, freshest ingredients. No, give me that Sara Lee. <laughs> give me that Entenmann's. Fresh out of yeah. the freezer. Either way, man, just give me give me a slice hot of apple ice cream pie. Dave, you are pie. you are like just like a pretty American dude, aren't you? You're just I'm, like you you like American. I keep it man. simple, man. I keep it simple. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say like brownie or something, but I get I get tired of chocolate about halfway through. But hot apple pie, I think I really could, okay. I could definitely like I could definitely make it to the end on that. Especially if you do the huh. crust right, get a nice crispy crust. Crispy crust. I struggle with this because I have a I have a big I have a sweet tooth, you know, to the point that like if I have I can't I can't have sweets at home because I just don't stop eating them. I don't have like a control valve for that. So I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I I kind of want to go with a pie as well, but like I don't know. Like if I'm gonna just gonna go like stereotypical. Uh, red blooded American. I'm gonna go a little French silk pie. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I I'm trying to think of a dessert that's really. You know what? No, I've got. A, I've got. I know what I want. I want a lava cake. Give me oh. a, like a a beautiful from Piccolo Sonio's. Oh yeah. Hot fudge chocolate lava cake. That's what I want. Good answer, man. Make it as as decadent as possible. Deanna, what do you got? What's yours? I know. I realized that I asked the question, and then there's so many things that I would want. Yeah. Um, the first thing that just came to mind, I don't even know if it would be necessarily a dessert, but it's a sweet. Um, so I don't know if you would necessarily have it like after dinner, but uh, mm. cinnamon rolls. See, you know, cinnamon rolls are delightful and delicious and perhaps bigger than breakfast, but I consider that to be like a brunch dish. Yeah. I think I think it passes because I, I sent my friend uh, fancy cinnamon rolls uh, homemade for his birthday uh, recently. And you so you baked was, them? Uh, we had a friend's mom who baked them, and <laughs> I was I was in possession, and I said I cannot eat all eight of these cinnamon rolls. I will pass these on to a friend of mine, so I dropped them off at his door for his birthday. Well, thanks for nothing, dog. Yeah, yeah. sorry, bud. It wasn't your birthday? Uh, if if it was uh, at some point, uh, <laughs> I'll think of you next if, time. If neither of y'all have either ever have never had the cinnamon roll from Spinning Jay here in Chicago, yeah. Do yourself a favor and get over there and get them because it is the best that I've ever had in my life. Oh, wow. I absolutely love that place, but I've never had. Yeah, I've never had oh, their cinnamon yeah. rolls, but their their milkshakes, it. those malts. Oof, yep, so Man. good. Their quiche is delicious. I mean, their mm-hmm. breakfast. Actually, their breakfast sandwich might be my favorite in the city of Chicago. To go back to your previous point, uh, Spinning J, we're we're gonna we're this is free advertising for you. Yeah, worth it because you're my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And they also do have delicious pies there too, Dave. So yes, something they do. for everyone. All right, Dan. Thank you so much for being such a good sport through all that that ridiculousness. But um, I want to. I just want to get get a little bit into into you and and where you came from. So I know you're here, living here in Chicago now, and that's that's where you and I met, however many moons ago. But you did not grow up here. Where did you uh, Where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Oh, cool beautiful wonderful city uh every time i've been there someone has, has insisted on telling me that we are sister cities uh i don't know if that's true or not but it has happened multiple people have told yeah, me yeah they're very similar cities for sure very very similar cities uh all right uh what so when did you when did you get into the music thing i know you already mentioned the baritone you but like when, how did that all happen how did i start playing like as a kid yeah um i guess my my dad's really musical and uh 
started showing me some stuff. But th- my parents put me in piano lessons too. I think that was the, the very first thing in Suzuki piano to kind of, oh, wow. yeah. So I didn't know anything about reading music. I just, it was training your ear, which is actually mm-hmm. pretty cool. I think, because I think that is basically what trained my ear. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're a little kid, you kind of soak up stuff. Um, so I did that and then I didn't like piano <laughs> and, <laughs> um, I was still doing lessons even though I didn't like it. But when I started doing the, playing the baritone ukulele that I was like, Oh, this is my instrument, the guitar. So, um, yeah. And then I started writing songs shortly after playing guitar. Oh, you right away. You started, you started coming up with your own music. That's pretty cool. I feel like that's, that's not usually the answer we get. It's usually like, yeah, you know, I've started playing with some other kids in my school and we wanted to play Weezer songs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that, awesome. that was I didn't I didn't really want to play other people's songs. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, I learned. I, I, I have, learned. I'm sorry, but I have to ask: Do you have any evidence of these original Deanne Devore compositions? Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was young, my my dad would like, you know, film me so I wouldn't forget the ideas. So I have on whatever an old, you know, camcorder. Oh um, no way! That's amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen them. I don't even know where they are, but they were recorded at one point. Wow. Oh, I, I, I'm giving you homework, uh, yeah. as one, as one does as a podcast guest, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> is getting homework, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta somehow try to see if there's some way to track those down and, and digitize them. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I, would, I mean, I would love to see that. Uh, so, all right. So how, around how old are you? Like when, when, when did you start writing these songs? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I was fairly young when I first, I, my first song was like about my two cats and I was probably four years old or something when I started with that baritone ukulele. Oh, wow. And it was just like, you know, <laughs> a little song about my cats. Um, and then really just continued to write. You're, you're talking to some cat lovers here. So, yep. Okay, uh, I have two cats. We're, That's we're, we're a fan of all cat content. About. Our cats. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got Sophie. Dave's got Forrest and Tito. Mm-hmm. What are, what's yours called? Oh, I don't have any cats, but I love them. Oh, no. Yeah, I really want one. <laughs> yeah. But, um... As a as a as an aside, as a as a solo, you know, single person that doesn't have a roommate, uh, Sophie has been has been a very important part of my, my pandemic, so I'm very thankful for the kitties in the world. Sophie. How old is Sophie? Sophie is a senior lady. She is approximately, I got her about 15 years ago and she was not a kitten. She was like mostly grown probably. So she's in the 16-ish, 15-ish range somewhere in there. Oh, wow. So you've had her for a long time. It's been a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, Dave's got got a couple of hams that the, his cats are his cats are so cool they have their own freaking Instagram page yeah my cats have an Instagram <laughs> follow them at Forrest and Tito um, no they uh they're bonded brothers they're ginger uh, one's long hair and one's short hair and they uh they're laying together on the bed right now they curl up like a donut and uh, that's that's what they do <laughs> all all freaking day is sleep together wait they're so. actual they're actual brothers or no yeah they're bonded brothers yeah they're oh, wow. They look identical, except one's long hair and one's short hair. But it's in their faces, crazy. they're identical. Yeah, it's well. It's Tito, really Tito's cute. eyes are Tito's eyes have like a thing. Yeah, he's, like there's like a sadness to him. Yeah, he's got like kind of <laughs> sad eyes. But I catch him at certain angles sometimes, and I'm like, oh, you do. They're definitely related. They're definitely yeah. Uh, what color for sure. are they? They're ginger. They're like orange, um, mm-hmm. kind of a lighter, kind of a lighter orange, almost like a tan, sandy color, more than a more than an orange, like a dark orange color. So, yeah, they are they are the sweetest. Yeah, there's actually a cat Instagram account that 
I regularly go to because I love the cats on it. Um, oh. Called Parker and Lily. Do you know that one? I'm sure my wife does. I have she definitely follows. seen that one for sure. My, I think there's 250,000 followers or something. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm trying to get Mandy up to get them up there. I think we've got like 1,200, though, which isn't too bad, actually. Wow. Um, for your cats. Yeah. Well, it's just her. It's her account. Cats. So, And all she follows is cats. So I'm like, what are you doing? Are you looking at cats? And she's always just on the couch. It's a whole world. It's just like gram. cat Instagram, catstagram. Well, you know, like during the pandemic, I feel like animals are the only thing that like really make you smile when you watch the video. Yeah, yeah, That's they right. absolutely do. Every time, too. It's great. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I got I think people are going to listen to this and maybe smile a couple times. So, I think so just too. Like aim aim for aim for like one smile. I thought that's a bold or a I think a noble goal, right? All positivity over here. Hell yeah. So, all right. Let's uh let's learn a little bit more about you, Deanna, if you don't mind, uh, other than your love for cats, which we share. <laughs> uh so, did you did you go to music school? Uh I didn't go specifically for music, no. Um, I took music classes, but no, yeah, not, uh, not a music major. Um, how did you, how did, how did that sort of next step happen where you you took your, your creation and songwriting and all that to the next level? Was it playing with other people? Like how did how did that next step happen? The next step meaning like recording and releasing? Just, you know, in your musical progression, in your journey as, as a musician, like, you you know, we've talked about how you sort of started. And I'm, I'm trying to learn a bit more about how sort of like connect the dots to how you got to Chicago and, and, and became this singer songwriter person that you are at, at this present moment. Uh, yeah, I guess. So I started. Um, the reason why I came to Chicago was I was recording a few songs with someone here. Um, but since then, I feel like I've really branched out like. I do have the, um, you know, I release music under under my name, but I also mm-hmm. recently, more recently, um, write and produce for other people. I've gotten more into uh, being a composer, so like composing scores for podcasts, actually, like theme songs, um, film, uh, commercials, that sort of thing that I'm really interested oh, cool. in. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so it's like I've kind of branched out from just my own music to composing for other things, which I really like these days um that's that's great how did you how did you how did you how did you get started with that uh let's see well writing is sort of is my main thing um in general writing music so that can be for songs but it can also be like background music and so Mm -hmm. um i guess i just started and I'm, i'm still kind of getting more immersed into that in that aspect of the music industry like I just am building my commercial reel right now in terms of like actual like commercials for ads. Sure. Um, so I had a couple opportunities in the past and then I'm just ch- kind of trying to build my reel, um, which it does seem like it's a little bit of a hard thing to kind of get your foot in the door, but um, with the commercial stuff, but yeah, I really like it. I really like syncing um, music to, to visuals. So uh, I'm supposed to be working on a, a documentary coming up just sort of waiting on to hear more about that but um so yeah i've just been kind of focusing more on composing these days and also producing other people and doing that and my own stuff so it's kind of like everything at once right and yeah, exactly I'm, I how also, do you how do you mentally sort of approach 
writing a song for like you said re- releasing music under your own name Deanna DeVore mm. like the sort of stuff that I would have played with you in the past that type like how do you is there a different mindset that you're approaching that type of music versus how you would say approach someone's uh, podcast score like how how do you sort of comp- yeah, compartmentalize that in your brain so for my for my own music right now um the which is probably actually maybe a different genre since when I, I knew you or when we played together but um I've been doing more like R&B neo soul stuff. And so I've been lately featuring actual R&B singers on them, which I hadn't done before. So, cause I sing as well, but I wanted to have like a soul singer as the lead. So I've, my last two singles, my last single I actually released in September. And then the one before that was in January. And then I have another one coming uh, up. Love again, right? Yeah. Love again came out in September. And then the first one I did with that sort of thing, that idea in mind of featuring other people, uh, with a song called Lately, and I featured a singer um, who was on The Voice. His name is D. Lyles. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing singer. Really nice guy as yeah, well. Yeah, that's, that's a cool. really cool track. And that was actually, uh, it's um, it's interesting for me f- to hear you talking about this now because as I was just listening to it again, of course, you know, having approached it through just like the vision of the old music I knew of yours, I was like, right. oh, there's really, like, really not even much guitar going on in here. Like that's interesting for me to hear coming from you who I know to be just like this awesome guitar player. And that was sort of fundamentally how I knew you as a composer before. But it's obviously there's been a lot of growth and sort right. of evol- evolution. Yeah, uh, and I, I still write on the guitar. So I'll write the song on the guitar and then kind of transpose it onto keyboard and then like do additional guitar yeah. parts on top. So like the main chords from the guitar become the keyboard really. In those songs specifically, um, it might be time to get a jam stick or one of those like MIDI guitars that yeah. just like play all the all the MIDI notes for you. Oh yeah, that, that might. Which I, I have had a few of those. Those are you know they can be an interesting tool, um, but it's still I don't know still kind of kind of a strange disconnect in my brain at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I mean I'm a I'm a better guitar player than I am a keyboard keyboardist, so I feel like I right. can come up with the guitar, the chords on the guitar and then figure out what I'm playing, and it's going to take me right. a longer time to like okay, I need to put this finger here on the keyboard um, versus guitar where I can do it, you know, a lot faster. So, sure. um, and at least with tracking keyboard, you have, you know, MIDI, right? So it's like... <laughs> and quantize. Yeah, and quantize. <laughs> um, so that helps. My favorite friend. Yeah. My, you know, my, I, I don't know, what, what, um, what, what software, like what's your, what uh, DAW do you typically use? So I've been recording on Ableton. Oh, sweet. Same yeah. here. That's oh, yeah. what I'm using right now. So, uh, and I was going to say one of my one of my favorite things about using Ableton, and I'm sure other DAWs feature similar functionality, is how when you hit you know Shift Command U to bring up the quantize menu, you don't have to do a full 100% quantize. So, like, say you want to, it to still retain a little bit of feel, mm-hmm. but um, you know keep it actually in time. You can choose whether it, it it's with the start or the end of the note, and then you can also choose the percentage by which it quantizes. So you can say like, all right, just quantize all these. 70 percent so like it'll bring everything real close but then it still doesn't just like completely lock it 100 percent to the gr- to the grid so you still get a little bit of the old human feel with it yeah big big fan of that um sorry to interrupt uh with a little ableton tip but had to had to do it for a minute there um also i want to ask i know because um i think in the meantime uh since we again to go back like 10 years but like i think my main guitar at the time was an sg but since then oh, yeah. i've gone through a lot a lot of a lot of different now. gibsons throughout the years uh but my sort of these days i go back and forth but one of my main guitars is a semi hollow body gibson i a 335 and i know that you uh, play what is it a 336 yeah it's uh, a cs 336 so i think it's it's the a CS, smaller yeah, right. smaller yep. body 
for well, me who has also a smaller body. You are yeah, <laughs> you are a much smaller person than me, so that would be much more to scale for you for sure. Yeah, but I love that guitar. Um What drew what drew you to that? To the to the guitar? Even yeah, even or even I mean maybe not even specifically that one. It could be, but it just like the idea of playing even like a Gibson or a semi hollow uh, in general. Um, I don't know, I just really like the sound. Um, originally I remember thinking about a Les Paul, but it's like it's just so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh yeah, so then this was it just I it was a used guitar when I got it a while ago in Toronto, so I, it just kind of was like, Oh, that's you know, a perfect opportunity. It was like a good deal on it. So um but I feel like I gotta get it kind of uh you know, uh, what's the word? Tune, uh, not, not actually in tune, but like a tune up for uh, it. Because in- intonated, sure. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I think I think it's getting a little off. I noticed like in certain, it's a little out of tune to higher up on the neck. So mm-hmm. I got to get that. It tends to actually go out of tune a lot. Does your does yours go out of tune uh, frequently? No, I, I feel like with Gibbs, uh, Gibsons, you know, I've got a lot of guitars. And, and they. it's about how you string it up to begin with. And it's about uh not being afraid to adjust a truss rod yourself because no matter what like we live in chicago there are giant humidity swings like i I have a hygrometer in my room where i keep my guitars in it'll like if i don't put any do any humidification it'll drop down to like 15 percent during maybe 10 percent during the winter and you would wants to be between 40 and 50 usually say 45 percent humidity so that's like number one thing is trying to keep the guitar humidified uh, and not like major swings, but again, that's still just going to happen. So being comfortable, just tweaking the truss rod, like you're saying the guitar, the it's probably, it's going a bit out of tune up high on the neck. That probably means that there's a little bit extra bow in the guitar right now because the wood dried out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like just did a quarter, a quarter <coughs> tighten on the truss rod, that might like literally just fix it. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question, Gibson's yeah, like the I mean the the G string is notorious. I was gonna say uh, it's for, the G string for for <laughs> yeah. for always for always slipping. Um, the funny thing about that is that uh, I I stopped playing in standard tuning a couple years ago, but I I like of I the only string I kept the same on the whole guitar is the fucking G, so it's like it's still, <laughs> still an issue no matter what. Yeah. What uh, it's like I couldn't uh, even escape what that. tunings do you do you play in? Uh, predominantly, it's I don't know what you call it. It's sort of like a sort of like a C minor ninth. It's a C G C G C D. Uh, sometimes the low C I also tune up to D. Um, but I'll have to uh, check that one out. Yeah, so, I love alternate tunings. Yeah, it's uh it's it's just like I don't know. Now I, I it sucks kind of because like I'm so married to it that I can't pick up a guitar in standard tuning and just like be play cool stuff anymore. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, I, I, it's not like I've forgotten how to play chords or whatever, but I just like don't yeah. have any of my hot licks that I used to like have my, you know, my my guitar center riffs that I could play right. or whatever uh, <laughs> that I just like don't bother to, to do anymore. So I can, you know, if, I, if you're like, if you're cool with me, like totally changing the tuning on your guitar and like also frankly, <laughs> probably sounding kind of poopy because I use a custom gauges strings to make it work anyways. Right. Um, but you know, if you're cool with all that, then I'll play some hot licks on your axe <laughs> for sure all day. Oh man! Um, so I know you you mentioned that you've you've got a single coming. What's the what's the situation with that? What's uh, what can we can you tell us anything about it? Yeah, I, it's going to be featuring um, again the same singer as the first single. Um, the guy that's on the Voice, his name is D Lyles, or was on the Voice. Right. Um, so it's another kind of R and B neo neo soul song where he's singing the lead. So I, I write everything, I produce everything, and then have him sing the main part, and then I sing the harmonies. 
is how it's been working. Um, so th- those other two singles, you did you did you mix uh, both of those? I didn't mix them. I sent it to an actual mixer. Sure, but, but you do all the yeah, tracking I did all, the, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I did all that. Cool, cool. And then once that was they done, sound it freaking awesome. By the way, like the the separation and cleanness, especially in the bottom end on those two songs in particular, are just like incredible i was i was blown away at how actually just like beautifully sonically created they are they sound very good oh thank you but so the next one's with delisle's what mm-hmm. do you have a date for that one yet no um we're just in the middle of i'm just he's been tracking his vocals and i'm just oh, gotcha. kind of waiting on um him to send me some changes so yeah that's just i guess we're i don't know probably closer to being done than not but it's not quite done <laughs> yeah well, that's, I mean, is, is, is a song ever done really? I mean, we don't need to open that can of worms, but I, 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 uh, I like even the, literally the song that we were just talking about that I put out this morning, I listened to him like, well, you know, like there is this one thing with the guitars that I definitely would like to change, uh, but I guess now yeah. like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, I mean, know you can kind of stupid. drive yourself crazy with it. Yeah, you can. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely know that feeling of just listening it you almost if you listen to it too many times you almost lose perspective and have to kind of like you need fresh ears again exactly oh that's why that's a hundred percent other than of course not being as good at mixing it as dan is but i i listened to it over and over so many times i had no idea what i was even listening to anymore i was just like okay i need another person i'm done with this i'm only gonna make it worse yeah yeah i know that feeling for sure that's the that's the beauty of collaboration and to that end thank you for collaborating with us today and joining us on this goofy goofy little podcast we have here um if uh, anybody listening uh, who absolutely should do this uh, wants to check you and your music out um get in contact with you online where would you where would you kind of direct them where should they go so my, yeah my music is on all the platforms uh spotify you know, itunes apple music all of that it's just uh sure. my name deanna devore d-e-a-n-n-a d-e-v-o-r-e and then it's also on the all the socials too, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. Boom. Beautiful. <laughs> and a website uh, as well, too, if you want. We'll, send, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure those are all tagged and, and whatnot in the places where people tag and whatnot things. Uh, <laughs> Deanna, this was awesome. I really yeah, appreciate you, you taking time out of your busy day to, to join us and, and, and chat about your, your past and your music and all that good stuff. It's been very awesome having you on. Really yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so it. much for reaching out and uh, having yeah. me on. Have a uh, have a have a most spooky Halloween weekend. Hope hopefully everybody listening also uh, had a safe one and a, a, a decent one. And uh, you know, keep on keeping on, folks. See you next time. All right, sounds good.